Welcome to the Not So Minnesota Nice Podcast. I'm Jess. I'm Jen. Today is episode 34. 34. Um, we, of course, have polls or had polls going in our 80s movie battle. Yeah. Uh, and we actually decided to switch things up just a little bit. We're still talking about all the movies that you guys picked. Uh, but for this week and next week, we just switched to the movies uh, around for a little bit better... Cohesion. Flow, yeah. yeah. Um, so for today's episode, we'll be talking about The Princess Bride and Pretty in Pink. Girly! Yeah! Yeah. Um, <laughs> Actually, I love, I really, really love The Princess Bride and Pretty in Pink was good. I, I have to say that was a good movie. Right? Um, <laughs> I wrote just like a, a little thing when I was trying to figure out like how we were going to maybe tie the movies into each other in, in any way. Um, because they're two seemingly very different movies, um, but they have underlying uh, similar tropes. You have the two people from two different worlds finding love, because like in The Princess Bride, you have Leslie and Buttercup and... Princess and Farmhand. Exactly. Uh, and then in Pretty in Pink, you've got, you know, the, the rich guy and the girl from the wrong side of the tracks. Right. Uh, you've got all the awesome quirky side characters in both the both movies that yeah. that make it that much better. Like in Princess Bride, uh, Billy Crystal's character is one of my favorite uh, Max. Yeah, or Miracle Max. I'm Miracle sorry. Max, uh, <laughs> like one of my favorite side characters out of all movies ever. Oh Her, uh, Billy Crystal and Carol Kane's yes. exchange just made that movie yes. so much. It was, it, awesome. it was so unbelievably perfect. <laughs> um, and the memorable one-liners that oh you God. have in, in both, both the movies. Them, yeah. um, so I think that uh, us putting these movies together just really made sense. Right. Uh, so I guess we should probably start with Princess Bride, okay? Uh, since that was the first one on the poll. Yep. Uh, in fact, I just told Jenny something I found out. Uh, before William Goldman wrote The Princess Bride, he sat down and asked his daughter, his two daughters what they should write about, and one of them said a princess, and the other one said a bride, and... There's the title right there. There we go. The Princess Bride. Princess Bride. <laughs> All right, so... um. I'll start with my my fucking facts. Your fucking facts. Okay. <laughs> so, romantic comedy, fantasy, adventure. Yep, it's all those things. And it, it's awesome. Yes. Uh, release date, September 25th, 1987. Mm-hmm. Runtime, 98 minutes. 98 minutes. Budget, 16 million. Box office, 30.9 million. Directed by Rob Rainer. Rainer? Rainer. Rainer. Written by William Goldman. Production company, Act 3 Communications and Buttercup Films. Distributor was 20th Century Fox. And of course, it's starring a whole bunch of people, but mostly Carrie, uh, Carrie Eloise and Robin Wright as the two for the couple. Yes, the, yeah. the two main, 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 main characters. And then, of course, you know, like Mandy Pat, Panikin, Pat Inkin, in, in, Indigo Montoya. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> and, of course, Andre the Giants. Yep. Uh, Wallace Shawn, Christopher Guest, Chris Swandon, Prince Humperdinck. Oh, yeah. Our name's <laughs> fun, guys. <laughs> Peter Falk was grandpa and Fred Savage was grandson. I love that it's a story that's being told. That's yes. awesome. It's a, it was always so captivating as a kid. And then just now you can appreciate it even more because like. Right. And I feel like in some small way, like because I th- especially our kid uh, or generation, our generation, I should say, uh, 
was very much into like watching new movies and new TV shows because it was still kind of like new and exciting for us. So maybe books weren't as exciting for, you know, some right. kids. Especially and, TV and games. Yeah, and, yeah exactly. Everything. But this movie kind of crossed that barrier a little bit and, you know, reminds people that you can fall into the same amazing world by picking up a book and right. of course it's not going to be you know acted out in front of you like it is with a movie but even better right. it's your imagination yeah. it's your characters then and you get to imagine it the way that you want to imagine it but yeah. i don't know if i can imagine the princess bride in any other better way because everyone just like was made for their parts <laughs> that's true that's very true that's so awesome even the uh the forest of okay <laughs> i forget what it's called though the forest of oh my goodness we're looking this up quick yeah I'm it up absolutely quick. what is forest my nose is all like You, the fire swamp. There yes, we go. The fire, the fire swamp, swamp scene. Even the like, yeah, all the fire swamp stuff is great. The rats of unusual size. The rodents of unusual size. Rodents of unusual size. We're actually men in rat suits. Oh yeah. So like, okay, we we have a BuzzFeed <laughs> article pulled pulled up right now, which is uh, inconceivable facts about the Princess Bride that you probably don't know, and it's showing a GIF of one of the the rodents of unusual size like jumping over and knowing that it's a man in a rat suit just makes it that much funny. Oh yeah. <laughs> so great. Especially when it hits Wesley. <laughs> it's like, oh. It's like being hit by like a linebacker. <laughs> Oof. Oh my goodness. Um, one of the kind of interesting effects that would have totally changed the movie. Th this movie was actually first pitched in the 70s. So, and they originally wanted Arnold Schwarzenegger to play Andre the Giant's part. Oh, that would have been so different. Completely different, right? Like, I could almost kind of see him in that role, like, his own take on it, where but, it would kind of be good. Because then he was unknown. That's true. It would have been, like, his first real, first like, breakout real, like, role. But... Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> would not be the same. <laughs> <laughs> I made it. Anyone want a peanut? Uh, <laughs> yeah like there's just there's so many great interactions in the entire movie um i suppose we didn't really explain the plot really but i mean who hasn't seen the princess right. bride you you get buttercup and wesley they love each other he sails away with the the dread pirate roberts and supposedly is killed at sea and she's all depressed and then she's gonna marry Prince Humperdinck, yep. and then all of a sudden, Dread Pirate Roberts comes and like what kidnaps her, or yeah. no, she gets kidnapped. She gets kidnapped by the uh, by the crew. the Sicilian, yeah, um, <laughs> inconceivable. <laughs> well, for um, Fezzik, Vizzini, and uh, yes, Indigo Montoya, yeah, um, and then she turns out it's Wesley. Right. And um, so yeah, then they have nope. to, you know, run off together. Because he steals her back from them. And... Yeah. 
It's it's so oh, amazing. It is amazing. Have fun storming the castle. <laughs> oh, this movie's so great. Or um, the one that always gets me, and I don't know why to this day. Mailage. <laughs> Mailage. I don't know why it's so funny. It's just like like one of the ones that lost in the polls, like planes, trains, and automobiles. Some of that, like, early kind of slapstick mm-hmm. humor. So just millage. <laughs> it just, just gets oh, you every time. Just, I, yeah. Um, Anyways. <laughs> so Total Film named it the 38th greatest comedy of all time, which for a romance is great. But it yes. had so much awesome comedy and adventure. And it was it so everything. much more than a romance. And, like, mm-hmm. even whenever the, the grandpa is reading the story to the kid and he's like, oh, yucky, kissy stuff. Nope. And the grandpa's like, are you going to let me read it? And he gets through. And then at the, the end, they're, like, about to kiss or whatever. And the grandpa stops. And he's like, oh, well, you know, we can skip this. And he's like, no, I mean, it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> and he's like, yes, yeah, you do. Like, you fall in love with the characters. Oh, and yeah. then you need to know and i love that this this movie even though it it is like a romantic comedy or it has that that aki love stuff almost every single guy i know will break down and admit that they love this movie right i mean what's not to love right the the sword play alone right (sighs) you know and like anigo matoya like you know you killed my father prepare to die like and the one of the really six-figured men. Yeah, one of the hard parts about that is um, the actor had actually lost his father, um, and he had said that whenever he finally gets to stab, um, what's his face, it was it was actually such an emotional moment for him because he felt like he was stabbing like his dad's cancer, nice. like that, like he like was he used like that. he used it. He was yeah. like getting rid of that oh. pain and like. Knowing that is just so... It makes it... Yeah. Beautiful. Right. Beautifully tragic. tragic. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, Yeah. It also got the 84th best screenplay of all time. Oh. Awesome. Awesome, right? I mean, it seems a little low, though. Well... For when you're going up against, I mean, you know, of all like time, all the drama, uh, yes, Schindler's, but, you know, oh God, everything. It's just so good. It is so good, though. Um... So I wrote down just a couple of facts about Billy Crystal because okay. he's just my favorite. Um, <laughs> but it's kind of cool because it goes a little bit more in depth onto the writing and all the amazing people that came into making the movie. Right. Um, Billy Crystal wanted Miracle Max to look like a cross between his own grandmother and former Yankees manager Casey Stengel. <laughs> all right. <laughs> So, listeners, go ahead and just, like, Google what the Yankees manager looked like, and then imagine, you know, Billy Crystal's grandma, if you can imagine that. And I think he he was pretty dead on. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, Crystal Mm -hmm. filmed the role of Miracle Max over three days for ten hours a day and never made the same joke twice. That's awesome. Right? Like, his brilliance. Yes. Because a lot of it did have had to be like uh, ad-libbed yeah um rob weiner would laugh so much at crystal's lines 
he would have to leave the room during filming. <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> right? Like, you just, like, can't keep it together anymore. I love watching these kind of movies and watching really, really, really closely to try to see those just slight facial tics where they can't quite stay into character. Um... <laughs> The only injury Mandy, what is it, Pachinkin, suffered on set was bruising the muscles on one side of his ribs from trying so hard to not laugh during Crystal's filming days. <laughs> right. <laughs> and um, the last one, which also about Andre the Giant, uh, Billy Crystal's 1998 film, My Giant, was loosely based on the time he spent with Andre the Giant on the side of the Princess Bride. Okay. That's cool. Yeah. Um, I asked, uh, so in 2014, Carrie Ellis wrote, mm-hmm. As You Wish, Inconceivable Tales from the Making of the Princess Bride. Oh. It debuted at number, debuted, 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 oh my god, my head hurts. <laughs> it came out at number three on the New York Times bestseller list. Awesome. Also, um, Phyllis Dalton yeah. was the costume designer for the Princess Bride. She also worked on, like, Lawrence of Arabia, Dr. Zvago, oh, yeah. Oliver. Yeah, a whole bunch of really good ones. She got, she's got an Academy Awards for her work and everything else, and an Emmy. But it's amazing that, like, if you look at the costume design and everything, you just mm-hmm. down to the details. You're like, wow. Yeah, like, absolutely. That's really good. <laughs> so. Down to the costumes, the makeup, everything. Everything. It's just, like, so believable. Right. Like, it believable, was down to, like, not at the same time. Yeah, it was, like, you know? really good, like, that kind of, like, costume period pieces but also with that fairy tale because it is a book right and i feel like the set designs and the costumes and the characters all kept you in that kind of world oh yeah definitely like you feel like you fell into a novel yep you fell into a book yeah so like not not i mean yeah exactly not ink art style but but like <laughs> right <laughs> not literally but yeah <laughs> yeah it's oh a great movie. We it's should probably get to rating movie. it though because we're getting up there. <laughs> I don't we have so it. much on Pretty in Pink though. I know. It's going to be it. Okay. I, it, it, this is going to be hard. <laughs> I know. Alright. Okay. So. Nostalgia factor. Okay. You're going first. What do you read Nostalgia? Oh my god. Ten. <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> Um, soundtrack soundtrack oh uh the soundtrack the soundtrack for princess bride was i have notes okay soundtrack was composed by mark knopfler from dire straits Mm. um excellent yeah uh the was it william goldman or was it rob ringer i don't remember which one but they would only work with them for the soundtrack and they really wanted them to and then actually mark came up with some silly like thing like if I'll only do this if this baseball hat, specific baseball hat, shows up in the film, which is on mm. the wall yes. of the kids' ah. room. Yep, I was just looking at <laughs> and that. And then he came out and was like, oh, I was kidding. But <laughs> anyway, came out Warner Warner Brothers Records, November 1987, so a little bit after the movie came out. Um, I'd say for being a musical score, obviously it's a story. It's not, it doesn't have like a soundtrack sound you know what i mean like it's right a, a it's musical. a yeah um but being for and the music went over went with everything really well in the movie so right. i'm gonna go ahead and say like i wouldn't necessarily listen to the soundtrack by itself uh-huh so we'll say like a six because okay. it did go awesomely with the movie mm-hmm. but it's not like a rock and record so replayability um 
replayability was a 10. I watch it all the time. Because <laughs> I'm a door click. Overall but... 80s-ness. Um, that one's going to have to be like a 4. Because it's not like an 80s movie. Exactly. It's not. It's not. Because it's a story. Maybe yeah. even a 3. This honestly. one could have been in like its like own like whole category. category. Like we could just do like Rob Reiner movies. Right. Exactly. So what did you say? A three. Oh, a three. Yep. Okay, so nostalgia, I'm going to have to agree with 10. Soundtrack, I would listen to the soundtrack again because I'm a dork for scores. That's cool. They help with writing too. So we'll say uh, seven. Okay. Replayability, 10. Overall, 80s-ness. I'm going to go four Mm -hmm. just because of the actors. Okay. Thing is, most, I mean, there's a lot of them that aren't even with us anymore. Right. <clears throat> All right. So you guys know the drill. We'll average those out. Yep. Eventually, we're going to pick our top 80s movie. Mm-hmm. We should actually post the picture of the sign as it's getting filled up. Yes. I'll have to do that. I will take pictures and post them. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so I guess on to Pretty in Pink. Pretty in Pink. Uh, I'm going to admit right now, I ha- I don't think I'd ever, ever seen that movie before a few days ago when I finally watched it, and I actually enjoyed it. Like, I'm not a huge romance person, and I'm not, I mean, the 80s movies get so campy, especially when you're watching a ton of them because you're doing an 80s ma- movie battle. Um, <laughs> I even put in the poll, I was like, which uh, 80s romance are we going to subject Jen to? Yep. Because, Good like, pick, it's not always your, your favorite genre, you know, yeah. especially, like, or more so, I should say, the super sappy ones. We've talked about right. it on past ones. Yeah. You know, like... The Princess Bride, that, that's the no awesome. The Notebook, that's not that's not your bag. No. But things that have good comedy, good supporting actors. Rom-coms. Yes. Those one make... And yes, supporting actors make those. Yes. Because if you have shitty supporting actors and it's a rom-com, it's not funny. Yeah, not at all. <laughs> so... The main, the main characters cannot carry a, st- a story by, by themselves. themselves. No. Well, we've then talked it's about not that too. Yes, yep. we have. <laughs> we've covered our we've bases, covered our guys. Bases, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah, listen back. <laughs> All right. So, Pretty in Pink, Romantic Comedy. Uh, release date, February 28th, 1986. Runtime, 96 minutes. Budget was $9 million. Box office, it did $40.4 million. Written by John Hughes, of course. Directed by Howard Douche. Douche. <laughs> <laughs> promise I'm not calling this director a douche. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't say it at all. <laughs> Deutsch? Is it Dutch? Sure. Deutsch. Sure. <laughs> it's D E U T C H. Deutsch. Deutsch. Like like German? Deutsch. But different? Yeah. Okay. Okay. Sure. Production company Paramount Pictures, and they were also the distributor. Uh, starring, of course, Molly Ringwald, Andrew McCarthy, John John Cryer. Um, it is a Brat Pack film. Lots of John Hughes movies, right? Rat Pack. Yeah. Um, it has cult classic status. Oh, I forgot to say that for Princess Bride. That also has cult classic status. Um, yeah. Yeah. Howard Deutsch. 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 Dutch. Dutch. We should look up how to say that. No, I feel like shit. <laughs> um, it wanted Anthony Michael Hall to play Ducky. Oh my gosh, really? But he, right? Okay. Uh, but Ringwald wanted Robert Downey Jr. The ending would have been very different. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, and then John Cryer's casting. Mm-hmm. Ended up leading to an ending change, which right. we were talking about before we started recording. Yeah. It would have been a totally different movie if Ducky would have gotten the girl. Right. Well, I mean, this, the movie, it, 
everything else was the same, just the ending was different. And it would have changed a lot of stuff, for sure. Yeah, So, absolutely. yeah, I hear you. Yep. But, um, yeah, obviously we all love it the way it is, well, of yeah. course. I mean... Test audiences disapprove. That's well, why it didn't happen. <laughs> if ha- but if they would have seen all the setup for, for Ducky to get the girl and then for him not to get the girl... He gets a different girl. It's true. And a girl that's more better matched to him. Right. So I guess that's a really good way of looking at it. And it was a Richie. Yeah. So, like, they, they were breaking stereotypes all over the place. All them stigmas. Yay. John Cryer did amazing. I love him. Um, yeah. And him as Ducky is one of the most amazing things oh I've gosh. ever seen. Like the, the the bathroom scene where the bullies like push him in the girls' bathroom and he just like kinda runs with it and he's just like, Yeah, let's just inspect this and like, wait, there's doors in here and then he like goes over to the table. I said, What is this? We don't have a candy machine. <laughs> I wanna talk to the principal right now, you go get him. <laughs> and he then he just like crosses his arms and he's yeah, like, I'll, I'll just wait. wait. Yeah. I'll wait. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. That was so good. Um <laughs> Uh, yes. Yeah, I think, um, I really like how they did Andy's father, too. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> obviously her mom, well, I should say obviously, her mom left, so it was just, it's just her and her dad or whatever, and the way that they portrayed him, I mean, obviously he's depressed, he's having problems, they, they portray that really well, too. Yeah. And, um, but, like, how he's taking on that mom role, and he even tells her, like, I'm sorry that I'm the one that you have to talk to about these things. Yeah. And she's like, I'm not. She couldn't have said it better. And I bawled. I, I freaking know. cried, like, forever. <laughs> and then later, um, she's talking about going to the prom, even though Blaine, like, cancels on her yeah. because of the whole, like, they come from different worlds crap. Mm-hmm. And she's like, I'm going to go anyways. And her dad's like, are you sure? And she's like, I'm not going to let him see me broke or i'm not gonna let him break me break or something me. like yeah. that oh my god it's just like yes girl yes, go so she like takes the two dresses and she like fashions them together and the i'm music like montage during that is fantastic yes it is <laughs> i'm like yes revenge by fashion <laughs> which is like the perfect way to get revenge in the 80s exactly. like you get all dolled up you go to that prom girl like work it oh my gosh i love her um her co-worker and I thought I wrote it down, but I didn't. Who plays her? She's amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like same kind of thing. Where Wasn't like, she the owner of the of the store? I think yeah, she I was think the so. owner. Yeah. Or the manager. Um, Arnie Potts. Amy. Amy Potts. Yeah. Yeah, she's amazing. And I forgot how many really big stars are in stars there. Are... Spader. Like there's a yes, whole bunch James of them. Spader. Yeah. Oh, his character staff. Ew. I know, but the he did worst. he did a great job because that's not his personality at all. You know, so right. he did such a great job with yeah. that. Actually, there was one of the little factoids about it. So if I can find it quick enough, um, James Bader played Steph so well in his audition that he almost repelled the producers. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> right, like he is so good at everything he plays. Even that yeah. uh, the one the somewhat recent show blacklist oh yeah okay like he's incredible in that he's a great actor great actor like yeah i mean they couldn't have picked better people for all of the roles again in this right oh to be a casting director (laughs) i was less in love with andrew mccarthy this time though i must say you know what i liked him way more in mannequin i was almost more in love with him really i like his like soft-hearted like that I'm was, not like them kind of thing, but his, but then his he turns ignorance out, thing is just... That, yeah, Like, that's the oblivious true. thing, like, you know. 
shut up, you know. Right. You've been a part of these people's group for how long? And what I liked about him was that kind of um, quirky awkwardness. It was cute. But... Yeah, if you look at it from an ignorance standpoint, that's not cute. No, right? Like, yeah. you had to know yeah. that that was a mm-hmm. thing. Like, you hung out with these people for how long? See, and you know, for... Like, <laughs> he was as, new to the school, maybe. <laughs> as much as, like, Molly Ringwald movies go, this wasn't always my, my favorite or my first pick. <clears throat> I was much more in love with, like, 16 Candles and just kind of being that kind of loner, awkward girl or whatever. And I'd never really put together the whole, you were talking about the, the single dad aspect, you know, right. coming from being raised by a single, single father. When I watched it again just today, I was just like, are you kidding me? Like, <laughs> I was actually really surprised when you were like, I love that movie. And I'm like, I could see why you love it, but I don't, like, because we were talking about watching another movie that you can't watch anymore for reasons. And I'm like, I'm surprised you could watch it. Right? Yeah. <laughs> because that, their, their dynamic is so, I mean, she takes care of him. I remember you taking care of your dad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I was like, oh, Jeff. Yeah, <laughs> it was It was really interesting, like, seeing it, like, almost kind of, like, unveiled. Right. When you watch certain movies as a kid, they, these it more, doesn't... you know, grown-up... Subtle subtleties. Yeah, they just go right out of your head, and then you watch it as an adult, and you've been you've lived your life so much more, and you can look back on those with a fresh perspective, and right. kind of hits home differently. Like, Right? Okay. <laughs> it was a little hard. Um, but of course, there's so many great comedic moments during this movie that yes, it's, it's you can only stay sad for a relief. moment. <laughs> it does have some good comedic relief. Even, I mean, you know, I, even when they have their super touchy moments, it goes on to something funny, you know? Well, and like I think... when she's, when, um, what is her name? When the Annie Potts character, the oh, yeah. owner, is reminiscing about what it was like when she had her prom dress and everything in like the oh, late sixties and stuff. Yes, and then they jump on. <laughs> yes, like her in that dress with the beehive, beehive and everything, and then she was talking about like how she was supposed to be going out, and she's like, "Is this too much?" And then Andy's was just like, "No, a little bit." <laughs> yeah, exactly. But she looked so fabulous. She did. It was awesome. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, that's one of my my favorite little scenes as well, just because she's just so, I don't know, quirky and cute. Uh, yeah. and... I love her introduction haircut, like her yeah. hairstyle with the pincushion thing. Like, <laughs> I was like that is awesome. <laughs> right. She's uh, what an uh, artistic woman. And, you know, I totally, I forgot that half of these actors, I almost didn't realize who they were. Because I was so used to seeing them in other stuff, and this movie would have been like one of their first right. appearances, and you're like, which is oh. a little bit weird too. Yeah, yeah, no, it's it's a good one. Um, I think what John Hughes is so good at doing is kind of, uh, I guess, capturing that coming of age story yeah. in such a like a, a raw, honest kind of awkward ways so that you can kind of laugh at yourself because yeah. you went through these moments like, oh. and like there's so many of us <laughs> that had a had a ducky or had an andy or had a blaine right or a ducky being like his name is blaine blaine's an appliance <laughs> <laughs> i had to look that up <laughs> i felt so, yeah i was like what is he talking about i looked it up it's an 80s movie yeah you know I mean? <laughs> yeah that's why i had to look it up yeah <laughs> like, oh i just threw I my pen at you i'm that's sorry fine. i'll live <laughs> um i love um talking about different things too um the uh if you weave 
that song, mm-hmm. or or or. Kestrel Maneuvers in the Dark song, if you leave, was written super fast for that movie. Two days. Two days, yeah. Two days to mm-hmm. write it. And they did it, and it is a great song. Even now, you listen to that song, I didn't associate it with Pretty in Pink because I hadn't seen it before, but I love that song. Right? It's so <laughs> you know? great. It's such a great song. And written and in two days. Two days. Like, yeah. like wow. It's insane. Oof. And the soundtrack was rated as one of the best in modern cinema. I don't know when that happened, because... The article I read didn't specify what year that was, but I'm still, I mean, right. if you're talking the last 40 years, it's a really good soundtrack. Yeah, it was a really good, or it is a really good soundtrack. Yeah. Um, it's really well-rounded. And yes. A lot has, of John Hughes movies are, though. It really are. Yeah. Like, I, I have a Spotify uh, playlist that's John Hughes, <laughs> so that I can, like, live my day in a John Hughes movie, because, of course, along with my dream of being a princess, is to live in a John Hughes movie. You could be a princess in a John Hughes movie. That would be a weird crossover. It would be, but we could make it happen. That'd be amazing. Let's do it. Let's do this. Yes. Yeah. Let's see if the boys adjust so you know can help us. They're into films. They are into films. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we'll figure this out. I figured we hadn't chatted it out. Yeah, that's true. Also, hi, Reese. Hi, Reese. <laughs> I feel like it was a, it was a good time for, for shout outs. Yeah, why not? <laughs> All right. Do we want to go on to rating, or do you, is there more you want to talk about? I mean, we could talk more and more about we, how awesome Ducky is. I'm just saying. We really <laughs> could. I mean, I think what we'll have to do is post a few fun little YouTube clips um, and other fun articles about this movie because it is one of those ones that like you know robert downey jr was possibly tied to it at one point and you know i I don't know it's it's yeah yay Yay. ratings (laughs) okay okay ratings you go first this time um so nostalgia factor uh well i guess i'm gonna have to go Seven, eight. I'll go eight. Eight, okay. Uh, because, like I said, I yeah. would have more gone sixteen candles or right. Breakfast Club. But, but was... now watching it as an adult, I feel like you're drawn into the eighties. Yeah, like it would have been six if I wouldn't have watched it today. Oh wow. Yeah. So yeah, we'll go. <laughs> Wait, did I say seven? You said eight. Eight. Okay. Soundtrack. I'm gonna go nine. Okay. Replayability, I'm going to go 9. Overall 80s-ness, I'm going to go 10. Yeah. <laughs> because <laughs> John Cryer. <laughs> his shoes. I love the end with John Cryer. his suit. Adam, or, uh, Andrew McCarthy and Molly Ringwald. I mean, <laughs> there you go. 1980s. Oh, we got so loud. All right. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. Nostalgia factor. Yes. Um, I'm probably going to do an 8 as well. Okay. Definitely. Well, even though I've never... Okay, that one's hard, because I've never seen it before now. So, like, like I never saw it back in the day. Right, but, like, seeing but, like, it now, seeing it, does it make you nostalgic for... With the Brat Pack and all that yeah, stuff, yeah, yeah. it definitely made... Yeah, okay, there's some okay, nostalgia cool. there. So, so, soundtrack. Soundtrack, I I think I'd go with a 10 oh, for an it. 80s soundtrack. Oh, that goodness. was amazing. <gasps> Is Brian Pink going to win? It might. <gasps> it might. Okay. <laughs> Replayability, I'd probably only do like a five because it is a romance. Okay, good. See, and you're, after, you're, you're keeping it fair. Yeah. Well, I mean, I mean yeah. it's one of those things that I might watch again. Yeah. Uh-huh. But I don't know if I would like necessarily seek it out and be something do like it's on. So pretty I'm watching and pink it. drinking game. We should do a John Hughes drinking game. Yeah, I'd be so hammered. It'd be we so just, much fun. It would be. 
Alright, overall 80s-ness, 10. Because that is the most 80s movie ever. (laughs) John Hughes drinking game while we're in Florida. Alright, let's do this. Mm -hmm. Florida John Hughes drinking game. I like it. (laughs) Love it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, okay. Alright, guys. Um, We are now recording on my old laptop with our old equipment, trying to make this work. Right. Using the new laptop for just to read our notes off of. Pretty because, much. you know, we're classy like that, but we're still trying to figure it out. And we thank you so much for listening to us. Um, for everyone who voted, who has been interacting with us, these polls have gotten a lot of great comments and interactions. Oh, yeah. Um, we're going to try to post a couple of those screenshots as well. Um, it's a little hard to, like, get through all of them to try to find some, you know, right. ones that weren't just me posting gifts. You're a gift queen. I'm a gift whore. <laughs> I don't, I'm not going to call you a whore. <laughs> but you're allowed. <laughs> you're a gift princess. <laughs> we made her a princess. I did it. She's a gift princess. Wasn't well, I already the the princess of sparkles or something? <laughs> didn't yeah, we decide? Right. Or snow or, or snowflakes? Or are we calling the princesses? No. Those melt. Let's just let's just stick with gifts. They're around forever. Oh, we love you guys. Thank we you do. for listening. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Clink. Clink. <laughs>